this morning. Open your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20 today. Exodus chapter 20. We are still in this chapter. When I began this chapter, I had no idea that we would be doing so many messages from it. But God's got a great message that we can find within it, multiple messages that are very important. So far, we've talked about the foundation that the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, who He is and what He has done was, was absolutely, uh, absolutely necessary for him to give the Ten Commandments, for us to understand that there is a measure, right? There is a certain standard by which things can be measured and that the Ten Commandments will reflect and show us who we really are in light of God and that it will point us to Jesus Christ. And so today I want to ask you, uh, what do you want? What do you want? That would be a question for you. Many of you may be sitting there and maybe you're wanting Christmas to come or you're wanting the COVID to be over. You're wanting us to not have to wear masks everywhere you go. You want this election to be over. Somebody say amen. Some, uh, you know, you're wanting a lot of things in life. There's a lot of stuff that's coming at us. But my question for you is what do you really want? Today we find that the children of Israel, they have been delivered from Egypt. They've, they've been about three months. They're only three months into this journey. And they come to the Mount Sinai and God speaks to Moses in chapter 19 and he says, Get my people ready. They need to consecrate themselves and they need to prepare for in three days... I'm going to visit this mountain and there are certain parameters and I'm going to speak to you, Moses. And so in chapter 20, we see what God tells Moses and gives the Ten Commandments. And so we pick up in verse 18, as Buddy has read earlier, that all the people perceived the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet. Let me tell you, that will get your attention. If you're standing at the foot of a mountain and the sky, I am going to make an assumption here if that's okay. The sky was not cloudy. It was not dark. It didn't look like it was going to storm, but there was a cloud and a storm right on that mountain. Now, if it had been cloudy, if it had been stormy, that wouldn't have really stood out. But this is something that stands out and these people are standing there looking. And there is thunder and there is lightning. I don't know about you, but whenever it comes up a big storm, the thunder and lightning will startle me sometimes. I remember as a kid, when it would thunder and lightning, I would jump. It would get my attention. It would cause me to go, whoa. And sometimes when the storm is really close, it would be a big boom, and we would just huddle together. I, I never realized until I got older that my mom and dad had taught me something that wasn't actually scientifically accurate. They would tell me a storm would go by and then it would start thundering loud again and they'd say, well, I guess it's turned around and coming back. That is not actually scientifically possible for a storm to take a turn and come back and go right back over your house again because it says, well, I just didn't get you enough the first time. But as these storms come through, there's different intensities. There are different times when these storms, the big thunder, the big lightning, and anybody here just love to be in the storm? I don't. I love the rain. I enjoy the rain. I love the rain, maybe a little light thunder in the background, but not big thunder and big lightning. Can you imagine sitting there and looking, and there's this lightning going on in all these clouds, and there's all this thunder that's going on? Now, that is a natural phenomenon that we could really look at and say, wow, that is quite remarkable. But I want you to notice there's a third thing here 
that gets their attention. Did you notice this? This is very significant because it says that there was thunder, there was lightning, and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. All right, there's a sound of a trumpet. Now, I'd, maybe, maybe I'm going a little too far, but let me tell you something. God was revealing himself, and he, was, he came down to give the Ten Commandments. This is actually the day of Pentecost that is celebrated later. When we look at, at Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2, they're celebrating Pentecost. They were celebrating this moment of God coming down, giving the Ten Commandments. At Pentecost, the second time, the Holy Spirit comes down, and he, he ascends, and he enters into man. Now, the third time that God comes, it will be Jesus Christ at the end of time. And what does he come with? He comes with a trumpet, doesn't he? I am convinced this is connected to the end times. God is making himself very clear here that when he shows up, there's a trumpet blast. So these people are standing there. And they see these things. The people perceived, they saw the thunder, the lightning, the flashes, and they heard the sound of the trumpet. And they could probably even smell some smoke. And when the people saw it, they trembled and they stood at a distance. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to submit to you that when we come face to face with the holy and living God, we will tremble with fear and stand at a distance because we have to yet to see the great glory of our God. We may experience it a little bit here on this side, but we have not experienced the great glory and power of God yet. When we look at what God did with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross, and yes, he was dead. There is no scientifically, there is no physical way Jesus was not dead. He was D-E-A-D, dead. He was put into the tomb. Third day later, he is alive. Physically, he was resurrected. That is the power of God. And then the Holy Spirit descends on the day of Pentecost, a celebration of this very moment when they received this law. And as we see these people and how they respond, this time they were afraid, but when we look at the New Testament, people come to faith in Jesus Christ. 3,000 people got saved. And I got news for you, ladies and gentlemen. The third time when, when God appears, when Jesus comes back and that trumpet sounds, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and they will see His power and His glory. Here we see the people stood at a distance. Here is what I want us to talk about a little bit today is the responses to God. What do you want? Do you want to experience God? Do you want to be close to God? Do you want God to speak to you? Do you, God want, do you want God to reveal something to you? Do you want to know the will of God for your life and for life in general? Well, it boils down to your response to God. God is God. And regardless of where you are or what you're experiencing, it does not change who He is and His glory and majesty. But these people... They have wandered through the wilderness for only three months. 
They've come to this mountain. They see the thunder. They see the lightning. They hear the trumpet. They see the smoke. They may smell the smoke. They have consecrated themselves for three days. They are ready. But when God shows up, they stand at a distance. I want, to, I want you to notice that even when they speak to Moses in verse 19, they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us or we will die. That just tells their awe-inspired vision of who God truly was and, and how they had seen God, and now they're just absolutely scared to death of Him. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Now, I want you to notice something very interesting. Maybe you want to put your finger on that word or circle that word. Do not be afraid. See, Moses gives this command. Do not be afraid. Hold on to that for a second because listen to what else Moses says. For God has come in order to test you and in order that the fear of him may remain with you so that you may not sin. Okay, did Moses just not say do not be afraid? But yet he says that the fear of God may remain with you. How do you reconcile those two situations? Because there is a fear of God that is unhealthy and a fear of God that is healthy. A fear of God that causes you to stand at a distance and go, yeah, that, that God's going to stay over there. He is, he, he's a cruel, hateful, mean God. That is not the fear Moses wanted them to have. Do not fear like that. But he says, have the fear in you that God is God and you are not. And he has given us a right and a wrong and we better follow it. Because if you want to be blessed in your life, follow God's will. If you want to find a lack of blessing, do it your way. The whole story of, of, uh, of Exodus shows us this as they, as they turn their back on God and they go, no, God, you told us to do something and we've decided democratically. We've taken a vote and we've said, nope, you ain't right this time. So they had it their way. We have to understand that there is a healthy fear of God. And may I submit to you today that some people, even myself, have said a fear of God is a, is a, a reverent Respect for God. Let me tell you something. I have a fear of some things in my life. And it causes me to respond in a certain way. I have a fear if somebody has a gun pointed at me and their finger is on the trigger. I'm going to respond in a way that's going to be yes sir or no sir. I have a fear... That if I do not pay my bills, somebody's going to start calling and something's going to happen. That fear causes me to respond in a certain way. God has given certain commandments to these people and said, you are to do this, you're not to do that, you're not to do this, you're not to do that. God was not kidding, ladies and gentlemen. These are not the ten suggestions. These are not the, the ten possibilities. These are the ten commandments He expects us to look at and to follow. He told these children of Israel, these are what's required. And if you do not follow what I have said, my will, then my wrath will have to come. Now, as we look at this, we go, well, how does that apply to us with Jesus? I mean, isn't God loving? Isn't Jesus loving? Absolutely, because he sent his only son to die on a cross for us. But what we miss sometimes is that God is serious. We take our jobs more serious than we do God sometimes. 
We take our family more serious. We take paying our bills more serious than we do God sometimes. And God declares we need to take Him serious. See, what, what we have here is, is Moses said, God has come in order to test you. What does that really mean, to test you? A test is something to make you better. A temptation is something to tear you down and to destroy you. But a test is to make you better, to make you stronger. When you are faced with something that is a little bit beyond your ability, that is a test for you to grow and to be stronger and to, to grow in who you are. God wanted to test His people, to grow them. He gave them knowledge. He, he spoke to their minds. And Moses says, in order that the fear of God will remain with you. When God is treated like a buddy, we, we lose who God truly is. When we see God as just the big man in the sky or someone that can answer our ATM or our 911 call when we need something, we're not looking at God for who He truly is. God created the heavens and the earth he divided the Red Sea, and God said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. So as we look at this, we can see how they were standing at a distance because of what they saw, what they heard, what they experienced, ladies and gentlemen. They saw God from a distance. But let's read on. So the people stood at a distance. When something is repeated in Scripture more than once, take note of it. It said in verse 18, they stood at a distance. And in verse 21, it says the people stood at a distance. Because where they were in their life and what they had seen and how God had been revealed, that was as close as they wanted to get. They wanted God at a distance. Moses, you talk to us. We don't want God talking to us. But look what Moses did. Check this out. The people stood at a distance while Moses approached the thick cloud where God was. Now in chapter 19, we find where God told Moses, said, Moses, don't let them come up here. Don't let them come up here where I am. You want to know why? Because God said they can't handle it. They cannot be in my presence. Why did God not visit them in a valley? Why did God not visit them on the plain whenever it was level? Why did God not just visit them in a tree? After all, He visited Moses in a bush, right? Why couldn't God have come in just a little bush in the plain and said, Okay, I am God. Here we are. I am going to reveal to you the Ten Commandments. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Have you ever thought of that? Let me tell you. It's because the people were not ready for the journey it would take to get to that mountaintop. If they had seen him in the valley or on the plain, in a bush, they would have erected an idol and a monument and began to worship it instead of the real God. They had not come to a point where they could make that trek up that mountain. But Moses had been there. He had been there. He had experienced God. He had spoken with God. He had had conversation with God. You know what Moses had? Relationship. That's absolutely right. He had a relationship with the living God and the people only had a guide. We are surrounded in our culture with the exact same opportunity. 
There are people who only see God as a God. And then there are those who have a relationship with Him. There is a stark contrast here between the people who stood at a distance and Moses who went up into the cloud. Because it's the difference between a relationship and just a religion. Just a distance view of who God is. Moses drew near to where God was. See, what happens is whenever God is pressed to the outskirts to just be a God and just be a religion, chaos will ensue. Confusion will happen. Conflicts will occur. But when God is at the center and He is the absolute litmus test of what we do and how we live, and we fear Him, yes, we need to have a reverent awe of who He is. But we need to understand He is a God to be feared, ladies and gentlemen. If God can speak the world into existence, He can end the world with a trumpet blast. And all of time will end. Moses drew near, the people stood at a distance. You know what I also see here? Not only did Moses have a relationship with with God, Moses was also a mediator between God and the people. God sent another mediator who lived a perfect life based on these commandments that God would give, and his name was Jesus. See, even here in Exodus chapter 20, God is paving the road to point us to Jesus Christ, the great mediator between us and God. Moses goes up and he he goes up and he's going to have a conversation, and we're going to look at verses 22 through 26 next week. But Moses goes up and he is near Jesus. He and God and the Holy Spirit. He is a mediator between God and the people. You know, a lot of us have had mentors in our life. We've had people who have spoken into our lives. It may be a coach, could be a teacher, could be a parent, could be a friend. Someone we looked up to that would speak something to us and we would listen. And it would impact us forever. Moses was the man that when they listened, they would be better. But when they didn't, they wouldn't. Why? Because he listened to God. God was in the driver's seat. What Moses wanted, if we were to ask Moses today, and he came into this room and I asked, what do you want, Moses? Moses would say, a close and abiding relationship with God. One to which I can have a conversation with him. Why would he want that? Because he had experienced that. He had tasted and he knew the Lord was good. He had had those moments of being near him. So because of that, he would want that. I'm going to ask you again. What do you want? Do you want to have a life where you can have a conversation and God will reveal things to you and you'll you'll know the will of God for your life and you'll know what to do in certain situations? Sometimes He's not going to tell you. I told someone very recently, they they were struggling with a decision. And they had two or three options and and they, they couldn't figure out which one does God want me to do. I will do whatever God is asking me to do. I'll do it. And I reminded them of something that they had never thought of. Sometimes God's will is all three. And He wants you to just make a choice because He's going to be with you no matter what you choose. Sometimes we narrow down God's options to only one, black and white. 
Sometimes God's will is right in front of us and we don't see it. But do we really want to know what God's will is? Or are you afraid God's going to say, Go to Africa. <laughs> Be a missionary. Sell your house. Call Laura Smith if you do. <laughs> no. Sometimes we're afraid of what God may say. And we're afraid to ask, God, what do you want me to do? Because we're afraid He's going to do something that's going to make us unhappy. Do we really want to be close to God? Because we look at Moses here, and that was Moses' desire. That was his calling. That was what he wanted. in his, And he had conversations with God. He even got to bring somebody with him. God said, let Aaron come with you. But we don't hear about Aaron having a conversation with God. The, the conversation was between God and Moses. When's the last time God revealed something to you? When's the last time in prayer or in Bible study or you're driving down the road and God goes, bam, and you go, oh, yeah, I didn't think of that. Yes, Lord, absolutely. If it's been more than a week, listen carefully. God desires a close relationship to you to communicate with you. You do not have to wait to Sunday morning for God to speak to you. You do not have to wait and let someone else tell you what he says. These people, they did not have the Holy Spirit. They only had Moses. But then when they celebrated this in Acts, they got the Holy Spirit. So we could be connected with God and hear from Him. And yet we take advantage of it. What if we had been the children of Israel? We'd have done the same thing as they did probably. But as we look at this, I want to remind you of something very important. James 4.8 says, If you'll draw near to God, He will draw near to you. And it goes on to say, Cleanse your hearts. I would think, if I was going to write the, the verse, I'd say, clean up your act. Start acting like a man, start acting like a woman, start acting like a Christian, and then I'll draw near to you. But God put this in, I think, a certain order. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Then clean your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We will not be able to live a holy life if we don't draw near to God first. We cannot fix our mouth, our attitudes, and our actions unless we draw near to God first. If we only try to address what we say, think, or do, all we're doing is putting a band-aid on a problem that we're going to revisit in a little bit because we're not really changing. It's not the outward checking off. That's why Jesus said, I've come to clarify the commandments. It's not the checking off of a list. It is an attitude. It is a life. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. Here's a reality I want you to get today. Here is the reality I don't want you to miss because you may be saying, you know, I don't know if I want to be that close to God. Truly, there are people more comfortable to live in the state of sin than they are to draw close to God. But here's the reality. 
It does not matter what your response is to God, whether you're going to stand at a distance or you're going to draw close to Him. God is still present. Your lack of drawing close to God does not remove Him from your life, does not remove Him from working, does not remove Him from being right. God is God. We are not. His Word stands. And what He has said is truth. And no matter how we respond, does not change the fact of who He is. And that He is present. The Lord is present no matter what your response, your kid's response, your neighbor's response, other people's responses. It does not matter what their response is. God is still present and He is still Lord. God does not have to have the approval of this nation or this culture to be God. He is still God. He still wants to do great things in your life. Moses said, do not fear, but fear. He wanted the people to recalculate with the compass. To understand, God is God. We are not. We are to fear Him. We are to respect Him. We are to be awe of Him. We are to take Him serious what do you want do you want that relationship with God so that you can enter in and have a conversation and God will speak to you and tell you things or are you comfortable to just stand at a distance just stand at a distance show up for church on Sunday listen to it on Sunday morning and just keep God at arm's length because if he gets any closer I'm going to have to deal with this sin in my life. It's a sad thing when I'm talking with someone and they are obviously living a life that is not Christ pleasing. And when they look at me and I tell them, okay, here's what God wants in your life. He wants purity. He wants faithfulness. He wants commitment. And the person looks at you and says, I don't know if I'm ready for that. I'm happy with right where I am. Sin will blind you. You may think standing at a distance from God is a great place to be, but can I tell you, I'd rather be close to God and under His sheltering wings than outside of those wings and allow the storms and the troubles of life to tear me down. Because nearer, Lord, to Thee is where we need to be. By following or not following the law, Israel would make a choice. We have a choice on this side of the cross what we will do. It's not about, listen to me, don't think this sermon's about, well, I better follow all the, all the Ten Commandments. Well, there's 613 of them, so you better be looking them all up. You need to do the same thing. However you approach it, you need to approach it exactly the same. Don't pick and choose. This isn't about that. This is about the choice of whether you're going to stand at a distance or you're going to draw near to God. Are you going to pull Him close? Well, Pastor, I, I, I just don't feel nothing. I try to read my Bible. I'm going to tell you something. I want you to take it to heart. Don't stop. Don't quit. It's in the moments that you want to quit that you're about to do the greatest work. 
It's in the moments when you want to give up that you're about to become something that you've never thought possible. It's in those moments when you go, no more, that God is wanting to speak and tell you something that's powerful. Don't quit. Don't stop. Draw near to God. He will draw near to you. It is a promise. It's in the Word. And if it's in the Word, I believe it. And I'm going to stand on it. You draw near to God. He will draw near to you. I'm reminded that Moses could go up because he believed what God had said. He had seen what God would do. And he had a relationship that would allow him to be near. So what are we to do today? Stand at a distance or draw near? Which will it be? Standing at a distance, there's a warning. Great hazards ahead. If you draw near, there's a warning. Great change is coming. There will be some things that you may have to do differently. I believe it's Romans 12, 1 and 2, that says, For us, Paul urges us, by the mercies of God, to present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him. It is a, our spiritual act of worship. Why does he say that? Verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Make a choice to have your mind transformed by drawing close to God. Don't conform to this world. Be transformed. Time plus content will determine how you're formed. Time plus content that is junk, that keeps taking up your time, that feeds the flesh, is going to lead to equal conformed. Time and content that leads to spiritual matters, that leads to Christ, that leads to God, will equal transformed. Which form are you going to be today? Are you going to be conformed or transformed? Are you going to stand at a distance or are you going to draw near? That's the question. What do you want? What must we do? I am convinced we must make a choice and choose today to draw near to Christ. We must make a choice. It is not a one and done deal. It's not God save my soul and it's over. It is a daily seeking Him that He may mold us and change us. So that when we are faced with someone we don't like, we can still love them. When we're faced with someone who's rude, we can understand, doesn't matter what they say, I belong to God. He is my Father. I'm not measured by their opinion. I'm measured by the sacrifice that was done on the cross with Jesus Christ. Being born again in God's opinion of me is all that matters. When we choose to draw near to Christ, He will change the way we speak, the way we think, and the way we act. Moses was different. He was transformed because he drew near to God. But I don't want us to miss the other thing we need to do. Listen to me, church. Somebody say help. help. Come on, somebody, everybody online say help. help. Help those who are standing at a distance. If you're drawing near to Christ, help someone who's standing at a distance. 
Help them understand who God is and what He's done in your life. Help them draw closer to God. Help them understand Jesus died on the cross for their sins. It doesn't matter what they've done, where they've been, or what they were even planning. That God Himself has sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for them for the forgiveness of all sin. We need to help those standing at a distance draw near. So here's my challenge to you this week. My challenge to you this week is I'm going to make an assumption that you're going to be doing a devotion or a Bible study or something this week. As as your pastor, I'm just going to make this assumption. You're going to be doing something to draw close to Christ because you have listened to this message. You want to be like Moses. You have answered the question, what do you want to do? And you have said, I want to be near God. I want to be near Christ. I want to have a close relationship. With us, that means you got to be in His Word. you got to be doing a devotion. you got to be doing something. It could be right now media, which we have. You have a free um, access to that because of the church. We pay for that. That is a ministry to you. Right now media, you version. You can do devotions on both of those platforms together. Whichever one you want to choose. Maybe it's our daily bread that's laying out here at the Welcome Center. Maybe you've got your own devotion. But the assumption is you're in the Word this week and you're praying. So here's the challenge. Share with someone your devotion, your Bible study, how God has spoken to you this week. Take a bold step. Maybe it's a quick little share that you're just going to throw out there to someone. If you're nervous about doing it to a stranger or someone you work with, call me. You can tell me. I'd love to hear. Put it on Facebook. Put it on Instagram. Call your mama. Call your daddy. Call your aunt, your uncle, your brother, your sister, your next door neighbor, your friend. Write it on a piece of paper at school. Do something. Just share how God speaks to you through your study this week. You know what you'll be doing when you do that? You're going to be helping someone take another step closer to God. The spiritual walk and the spiritual life is not all about me. Gina, if you'll come. We live in a consumer-driven society. This is not a consumer place. This is a place where we need to load up and go give it out. Let's go help someone draw near to God this week. Because there are plenty of people right now standing at a distance. Sometimes if you just go... Yeah, I go to church. You're one of those. I believe in Jesus. Oh, you're one of those. I would rather have man take a step back from me when I proclaim Jesus Christ than to keep Jesus silent and have man come close to me. Because I want the blessings of God rather than the blessings of man. I am not measured by anyone's opinion. I'm measured by Christ and His opinion. So what will you do this week? What will you do today? Maybe you have felt during this message, yes, pastor, I need to be closer to the Lord. I need to draw nearer to the Lord. I I need to be closer and have a deeper relationship. I would hope everybody in here would raise your hand and say, do you... 
I'm going to ask the question, do you want a deeper, closer relationship today? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you want a deeper, closer relationship with the Lord right now. Of course you do. Of course you do. Will you choose to draw closer and make a difference? Here's your opportunity. We're going to bow our heads and close our eyes right now. We're going to be able to make a commitment right now to the Lord. Not to me, not to everyone in this room. I'm not going to ask you to stand up, come up front for all of us to look at you and go, well, let's see what they're going to do this week. I want you to make this between you and God because He's much more serious than if you disappoint me. Will you commit this week to draw nearer to God than ever before? Would you make that commitment right now with your head bowed and your eyes closed? Maybe today you've been someone that has stood at a distance and you've looked at religion, you've looked at church, you've looked at this whole idea and you've gone, this is just ridiculous, this is just nonsense, it's a myth, it's not real. It, uh, I am here to declare to you, it's real. I've tasted and it's good. I wish I could get you to just take a, take a little bite because it's precious. Today, will you make a commitment to Christ? If you feel Him right now dealing with your heart and your mind to choose Christ, would you do that right now? It takes faith, not logic. And you can take your time, your content, and your decision and be conformed to this world and find yourself filled with fear and doubt and trouble. Or you can take your time, your content, and your commitment and your faith and place it in Christ and find a peace and assurance that will last for all of eternity. What do you want? If you want Jesus, ask Him to just forgive you right now. That's all you have to do. Ask Him to forgive you and ask Him to take over your life. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for this opportunity to draw near to You today. We thank You that you are God. Father, may we learn to fear you and put you in the right place so that we may not sin. Help us draw near to you, O oh Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. And all God's people said, Amen.